Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Thank you again for this opportunity to share the Word of God. I'll make sure I'm not going beyond the time because I always have too much to say. But I'll make sure I stay on the time. And I will really appreciate if you just don't give me your ears. Give the Lord your ears today for the Lord to speak to your ears. You know, we had this preacher from America in Africa, and um, he had a lot of beard, like Santa. And he was preaching. He was a very powerful preacher. And there was this lady sitting in church crying every time this preacher is preaching. And the preacher will look at her when she is preaching and says, wow, I think the Holy Spirit is really touching this lady. And then one day the preacher said, I should go and talk to that lady. Find out why she cries every time I preach. And he went and talked to her and said, wow, I can see the Holy Spirit moving in you whenever I preach. The lady said, no, it's not the Holy Spirit. I had a goat and it had the same beard as yours and it was stolen. So when I look at you, I remember that I was crying. So see, sometimes people will look at you and then they're not looking at you. People will, will listen, but they're not really listening. I pray that you listen to God this morning in Jesus' name. Don't care about my beard. Focus on the gospel. Well, today we'll be talking about why we need the gift of the Spirit. And I'm going straight to the point. Why we need the gift of the Spirit. We do have six reasons why we need the gift of the Spirit. We may have more, but today we're going to focus on only six of them. And I hope by the time you live here, you understand why God has given you the gift of the Spirit. And I pray that if you are here and you don't know where you are at, maybe you don't know, you're not sure you have some gift in you, I pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal what he has placed in you because every believer has something that the Holy Spirit has placed into them. All you have to do is to begin to discover what has been put in you and begin to work into those gifting. Because the church will not function without those gifting that God has put in you. Now, um, the first reasons that made God give us the gift is to empower believers. Let's read the, Acts, uh, the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The Bible says, that Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And even to the remote part of the world. When we read this scripture, we understand that the primary purposes of the gifts of the Spirit is to empower that which was powerless. You know, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you cease only to be a man. You become a man or a woman who is mixed with God. Hallelujah. This mixture is manifested 
through the gift of the Spirit. You didn't hear that. When you become a Christian and you receive the Holy Spirit, you cease to be only a common human being. You become a human who is mixed up with God. And this mixture of you with God will be manifested through the gifting of the Holy Spirit. Which means you will receive abilities to do things that are supernatural. You can do things that only God can do. You can do things that only Jesus can do. That's why he told the disciples that if you believe, you can even do things which are greater than what I have done. Hallelujah. You see, when Jesus selected the disciples, among them he chose those who are just common, uneducated fishermen. People who didn't have anything to prove to the world. The only thing they knew was to fish. And they were not professional fishers because today, today, in order to be a fisher, you have to be educated. You need to have some certificate. But in those days, you just have to know how to throw the net. You don't need to be a professional. You don't need to be educated. So among them, there was these men who were just very common men. They didn't have anything to prove to the world. And Jesus selected this man. And he empowered this man. And by the time they get out of that upper room, the Bible said they were on fire. The language they were speaking was different. They began to speak language which they didn't even learn. They didn't go to death at uni to learn any language. But the Holy Spirit came upon them. They turned into a supernatural human being. And they began to speak in different tongues. And not just speaking in tongues. The words that were coming out of their mouth anytime they preached were so powerful. And the Bible said that the first time they preached the gospel, 3,000 people came to Christ. Hallelujah. They began to do things that medical practitioners could not understand. Like a man who could not walk for all his life. And they just say, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And he began to walk. Medical doctors cannot understand that. Hallelujah. They began to explain things that superseded the understanding of philosophers. Why? Because they are mixed up with God. They are not just human. They are supernatural human beings. I want you to touch somebody near to tell them we are supernatural. Hallelujah. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we are not just men. We are mixed up with the heavens. We are mixed up with the Holy Spirit. We are mixed up with the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All in us. Which means if we believe, if we have faith, we can do things that will supersede the understanding of human. So the gifts come to empower you. You are powered. You are empowered. Hallelujah. The second one is we are gifted so that we can use and develop 
our gift. Have you ever given someone a gift and used it recklessly? You give somebody a gift, they don't even open it. They just take it and throw it somewhere. You give somebody a gift, they don't even say thank you. What do you say? What do you think about those people? Do you, are you happy about it? No. When you give somebody a gift, the first thing you expect them to do is to open it. And secondly, you expect them to say thank you. And maybe if it was a Bible, you expect them at least to open and pretend. Even if they're pretending, it's okay. Pretend like they, they are reading something. You know, that makes you very excited. Now, do you know how God feels when he gives us gifts? We don't say thank you, Lord. We don't even open the gift. We don't even use the gift. We have people sitting in church. They are gifted. They haven't even had them a chance to open and un uh, uh, open, unpack the gift, see what is in the gift. Then have the time to tell God thank you for the gift. Then have the time to use and develop your gifting. I know we are talking about the gift of the Spirit, but there are other gifts that God has given us. Like children. Children are gifts from the Lord. You don't have them because you can. You have them because the Lord can give children. They are gifts. And every time you wake up, you look at them. Say, God, thank you for these children. Because they are gifts from you. Maybe you have a wonderful family. Every time you walk around, you see your family. Don't take it for granted. Say, God, thank you. You have blessed me with such an amazing family. It's a gift from the Lord. Every gift that God gives you, God expects you to do something about it. Say something about it. Use those gifting. Use those gifting you are given. God did not give you the gift for you to keep them and hide them. Hallelujah. We have um, Matthew chapter 25. Verse 14 to 30. We just can't read it because it's too long. I would like to recommend it for dinner tonight. For dinner, like today, when you have your dinner, have a scripture dinner. You know, sometimes it's good to have a breakfast dinner, as a, a scripture for a breakfast, a scripture for lunch, a scripture for dinner. It's a spiritual food. Without food, we starve. And spiritually, we can starve if we don't feed our spirits. So you can, I recommend this for dinner tonight. <laughs> when we read... Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30. It tells us that the master gives his servant various amount of money according to their ability to handle while he went on a journey. There were three. And he gave them different amount of money. And his expectation was to see these people use this money and multiply it so that when he comes back, the money has increased. And the Bible says that when he came back, only two of them used those talents, those money, and they doubled it. Only one of them, he took the money and he hid it. And when the master came, he said, sorry, I did not use the money you gave me. 
because I knew maybe I, if I used it, I, I, I would have gone in a loss. And you will be very demanding. So I didn't want to ruin anything. I hide it and I kept it the same way as you gave it. And the master wasn't happy. He even took that one money he gave and he gave it to the other people. Why? Because he didn't use it. He didn't multiply it. That's what happened with us. When God gives us gifts, we don't use it, we don't multiply it. We hide it, we sit on them. We have people here in church who sit in their gifting. They don't use them. So what can we get from that scripture? When God gives you a gift, he wants you to unwrap it. And wanting to be used by God is the first step in unwrapping our gifting. Wanting to be used by God is the first step to show God that you have given me a gift, I want to unwrap it. I'm here, Lord. Come and use me. I am available. Are you looking for somebody to send, Lord? I'm here, send me. Are you looking for somebody to give? Lord, you have given me enough. I'm here to give. Are you looking for somebody to be a child, to do some stuff? Lord, I'm here. I am available. What are you saying? You are already unpacking your gifting by saying, yes, Lord, I am here. Hallelujah. Now, we also need to develop it. Anytime you don't develop your gift, your gift goes to sleep. It doesn't die. It sleeps. Because a gift is a gift. When God gives you a gift, you will not take it away from you. You may backslide and you still have your gift. That's why you have people who doesn't live godly life, but they may have an anointing upon them. Why? Because it's a gift that God gave to you and he will not take it away. That's why you see the Bible say on those days, people will say, Lord, I was casting demons on your name. People, I preached, people came to you. Why are you, saying, why are you rejecting me in heaven? And he said, I never knew you. Why? Because God gave them a gift. It's a gift God gave to you. He will not take it away. But if you backslide, then you are doing it on your own account, not on God. That's why people will be rejected on heaven. So when God gives you a gift, it doesn't die. It goes to sleep. Anytime you say, I'm ready, Lord, the Holy Spirit empowers it again. You will raise up and you will start to use it again. Hallelujah. Is anybody's gift sleeping today? Do you have a gift? And you are shy to show yourself. You don't want to use it. You are hiding behind. You don't want to talk about it because you think if you talk about it, people are going to know about you. God knows about you already. He wants to use it. He gave you that gift, not for you to hide. Come out. We want to see you. This church needs you. These people need you. That gifting is there for a reason. Develop it. Develop your gifting. Another way we can develop our gifting is being under leadership, being under discipleship. You see, last week I said, you don't go to a Bible school to get spiritual gift, but you go to a Bible school to develop your spiritual gifting. So one of the ways you can develop yourself is to either go to a discipleship school, Bible school, seminars, prayer meetings, and so on. Be under somebody's leadership is good. 
When you work under a leadership, it's help you to develop because you become, your gifting become accountable to somebody else. Yeah. And anytime you're accountable, it's good. It's good. You don't, look, you don't see yourself superior. You always see yourself inferior to God. You, sub, you actually learn how to submit with all your gifting to submit to others. Hallelujah. So if you are here sitting on your gifting, God is calling you to come out. Use your gifting, develop your gifting, and God will bless you. The third one is so that we can use it to glorify God, not to glorify ourselves. Luke 17, 10. I'm sure, uh, uh, oh, yeah, it's there. I didn't know it was there. Luke 17, 10. Let me read from there. So you also, when you have done everything you are told to do, should say, we are unworthy servant. We have only done our duties. After I finish preaching, and everybody is telling Emmanuel, thank you, that was awesome. What should I say? Glory be to God. You come here every morning, you play guitar, we dance, we glorify God, we are happy because God has given you some nice fingers, you can play it. And people say, you are great, say, no, I'm not great. The one who made these fingers is great. You come here, you lead the worship and everybody's blessed. And we tell you, oh, you are awesome. You say, I'm not awesome. The one who gave me the gift is great. Hallelujah. We don't take God's glory. We don't touch God's glory. No matter how high a God can use you, no matter how high a God can lift you, return all the glory to him. Amen. He wants us to give back the glory to him. We don't touch it. It's his glory. We are just people whom he's using. We have no power to do anything for him. He changes everything. He changes our life and turns it better. And he uses our life to change other people's life and to change the world that we live in. So he is great. And he deserves all the glory and all the honor. The fourth one is for building up the body of Christ. We are gifted to build up the body of Christ, not to destroy it, not to destroy one another, to build up the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 says, Ephesians 4 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 12 says, So it's with you, since you are eager for gift of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. How do we build up the body of Christ? We build up the body of Christ by working together. By working together. The church is not a one-person thing, a two-people thing. It's a together thing. It's a together thing. Just look at how the house is built. A house is not built with one person. It's built with different people with different skills. There is a builder, then there is a plumber, and there is an electrician, and there is a painter. By the time you see the house looking good, 
it doesn't mean one person did all the jobs. It means people from different uh, backgrounds with different skills came together and put all their skills together and they were able to make a house look as beautiful as it may look. This is how the church is. This is what the scripture is talking about. We are the body of Christ. The same way as you see my body here. Every part of my body has values. Every part is special on me. Even just one finger. One finger here is very special. These nails you see here, they are very special on my body. The eyes. My tummy cannot say I am, I am precious more than any other part. Because if I don't eat, the body will be weak. My tummy should recognize that if my foot, my feet didn't go looking for food, there will be no food. And if my eyes will not shine and look where I'm going, then we won't see where food is. And if my hand will not actually touch the food, then my mouth will not eat. So my, my teeth will have nothing to bite on if my hand did not give it to her. To her. So every part of me needs each other. This is what the body of Christ is. We need each other. Everybody here is special. Can you touch somebody for me and tell them you are special in the, in the body of Christ? The secret of our effectiveness lies in our unity. If we don't come together, you bring your gift. I bring my gift. Susanna bring her gift. And everybody bring their skills and gifting. We won't have the church. And you know why the church of Corinth struggled to grow. The church in Corinth struggled a lot. I know that they were living in a world where there was a lot of influence. And the church was actually being taken by those influence around them. Corinth was a city full of sins, different kind of sins. And those sins even came into church. People began to carry the gospel, Christ on, on one hand, and sin on one hand, 50-50. And it was okay in church. People saw it okay. As long as you know Jesus, you can live as you want. People took it as if it's just important to have Jesus. It doesn't matter how you live about your faith. And the church continued to be weak because they did not have the time to use their gifting to helping each other. You know, when we work together and use our gifting, we get stronger. That's how we, live. we manage to live for Christ. I can't do without you. You can't do without me. Do you know how it feels like when I walk at the door and I see people standing there and shaking my hand and welcoming me with a smile? I feel so good. People at the reception... If you have any question, you go there, you ask them. People passing communion, offerings, and other things. We have different skills. I can't come here and play guitar like Patrick does. I can sing. I love singing. I wish I prayed to God to give me the voice and he keep taking it back and give me just the preaching one. <laughs> we need each other. We are meant to function together. You are very important. Here you are special. In Christ you are special. 
Maybe your community tells you you are nobody. Maybe your family tells you you are nobody. Maybe your friend have told you you are nobody. You are a loser. Nobody sees anything good in you. Hey, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus has come to empower you. You are valued in Christ. You are valued. You are very special in Christ. I remember those moments when my parents died and I, used, I, I was living with my auntie, my father's brother, my, my father's sister, and I was mistreated. Every time she looked at me, she saw a loser in me. She didn't see anybody with a great future. She didn't see anybody who would go far away. But I love Jesus because any time Jesus looked at me, he saw, he saw a son. He saw somebody who will be empowered, somebody who will be used, somebody who will reach nations. And you might be here today and you feel down. People disappoint you. You don't feel any value in yourself. Jesus has come to empower you. And I'm here to tell that you are very special in Christ. You are very special. You are special. And he loves you. How much time? Oh my goodness. That's me. Let me go quicker. Oh my goodness, I talk too much. <laughs> the fifth one is we get the gift of the Spirit to serve one another. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful steward of God's grace in its various form. What is the reason for serving others? God designed us to serve others. Following Jesus means serving others. Serving others means serving somewhere. We are designed to serve each other. Jesus came to serve. And the disciples wanted to serve him and said, no, I came to serve you. We are here for each other. I'm here to serve you. And you are here to serve me too. And we should be somewhere. You know, I have seen many Christians who don't have a church. They're very independent Christian. Look, that's not okay at all. Are you accountable to who? Your gifting, the gift you have. Why do you think God, you, God gave you those gifting? He gave you those gift for the body of Christ. For us. For other believers. Now, if you stay in your house, how are you using those gifts? So you need to be somewhere. You need to have a church. And this is one of those great churches in town. You are welcome here. Hallelujah. So you see that everybody has been given something to contribute. You have something to contribute for this church. You have something to give to everybody here. And it's welcome. The sixth one and it's the last one. We have been gifted to encourage, encourage one another. Encouraging in good way, not in a bad way. You don't encourage people in bad things. You know, I was doing counseling here and uh, at TIFF. And let me tell you one thing that comforted my faith. Is if you are counseling somebody and they take a decision, no matter how bad that decision is, as long as they feel happy in that decision, you support it. You are not there to advise anybody. And you can't judge, and you can't advise. So which means, if I, if I wake up with a decision that will make me feel happy, you as a counselor, your duty is to support me to be happy. But believers is a bit different. Because we need to go to the word of God. Here, 
What the word says is what we do. What the word says is what I should tell you. So as believers, we need to encourage, the way we should encourage one another, it's not in doing, in doing bad, it's encourage one another to follow the word of God. We encourage one another when, in, in difficult moments. Encouragement makes it easier to live the life, uh, to, live, uh, to live the Christian life. You know, we all have the time when we go in difficulties. And in those moments, we need people to stand yeah. on our side to encourage us. Maybe you're going through a hard time and you feel alone. And maybe you live in a house alone. You have nobody. Hey, you need to share with somebody. Somebody you trust. A good believer who will encourage you. Because it's only through encouragement that you will walk through. If you don't have somebody to encourage you, you may give up. I do love share. If I have something that I think may mislead my faith, I have a pain and I can't handle. I have somebody I share. I share. Why do I share? Because I need, God has prepared people around me to encourage me and to support me. I can't do it alone. I can only do it together with them. So it's a journey that we need to go with together by encouraging one another. Encouragement gives hope. That's on Romans 15.4 says. Without encouragement, we feel unloved. So the Bible tells us to encourage one another, to remind each other of truth that God loves us, that God equips us, that we are, we are treasured, that our struggles are worth it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Can I invite the worship team as I'm concluding today? Do you know that you have a gift in you? Maybe you just don't know yet what your gifting is. Maybe you're still asking yourself a question. Can God choose somebody like me? Of course, yes. He died for you. He has something for you. He has chosen you. He knows your name before you even came to him. He knew you before you came to him. You have a gift in you. So you are not here by accident. You did not believe Jesus by accident. It was planned by God. But one thing that God wants you to do, begin to discover your gifting and start to use it. Don't let it go to sleep. Don't let your gifting go to sleep. This church needs you. We need power to preach the gospel. And our power comes in unity. When we come together, when we pray together, when we stand by each other together, the church was effective uh, during the, the, the apostles because they came together. They lived together. They shared everything together. They stood by each other. They became so powerful. We can only be powerful with you, not without you. We can only be effective in our church with you. The power of God will be manifested in this church only if we stand together and we work together as one person. Yeah. We can bow our head. I don't want to finish without asking if you are here this morning and you haven't given your life to Jesus and now you feel like 
you would like to make this decision. You would like to give Jesus your life today. You would like to say, Jesus, I'm here. I think I need you. I think I need you, Jesus. You haven't made that decision. It's not too late. But don't wait for so long. Because opportunities like this do not come every day. Maybe you are here because God wants to give you this opportunity to place your life into his hand and see what he's going to do with it. If you are here and you, you want to give Jesus your life, just show me your hand. You are here and you want to say, Jesus, I need you. I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. Show me your hand and I will pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. We have one hand. Any other person who wants to say, Jesus, I'm here today. I want to welcome you. I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior. Any other person here today? No. Let's just repeat this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you gave your life for me. Today, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I open my heart for you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Amen. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for everybody who is here tonight. Lord, I know that you have called everybody here and you have gifted everyone here. I pray that you open our eyes so that we can see and we can discover our gifting and empower us more, Lord, to start using our gifting in order to empower the body of Christ. I know that there's men and women in this church that you have chosen. And Lord, you want to send them to reach out for you. And you will use them mightily and powerfully to glorify your name to the nations. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. May God bless you.